um, I think I'm on here, right? Yes? No? All right. We um, go to Ezekiel chapter 18. Ezekiel chapter 18. Going to look at verse 19. Well, next uh, Sunday, Lord willing, I'll go back to our commands and because it's going into Matthew. Matthew chapter 7, and there in Matthew chapter 7, uh, it's a uh, uh, very important uh, passage, and so I'm going to uh, just pick back up there next Sunday morning. This, uh, this message came out of, honestly, um, uh, listening to my Bible in the morning one morning, uh, listened to it, and then went back and looked it up in my Bible, and then went and listened to it again, and, and then... A few days later, a few chapters later, almost the same thing was repeated and caught my attention, so I felt like this was something that the Lord wanted us to talk about. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 19, says, You say, uh, ye, why, uh, <clears throat> yet say ye, why doth not the Son bear the iniquity of the Father? When the Son hath done that which is lawful and right, and hath kept all my statutes, and hath done them, he shall surely live. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The Son shall not bear the iniquity of the Father, neither shall the Father bear the iniquity of the Son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. But if the wicked will turn from all of his sins that he hath committed, and Keep all my statutes and do that which is lawful and right. He shall surely live. He shall not die. All his transgressions that he hath committed, they shall not be mentioned unto him. And his righteousness that he hath done, uh, he shall live. Have I any pleasure at all that the wicked should die? You know, it's such an important thing. You know, the Lord's, Lord's saying right here in the middle of all this that we're going to read that he said, you really think that I want people to die? You really think I want people to suffer judgment? He said, that's not what I want. Saith the Lord God, and not that he should return from his ways and live. But when the righteous turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity and doeth according to all the abominations that the wicked man doeth, shall he live? All his righteousness that he had done shall not be mentioned in his trespass that he hath trespassed and in his sin that he hath sinned in them shall he die. Yet say ye... And yet ye say, the, Lord, uh, the, the way of the Lord is not equal. Hear now, O house of Israel, is not, <clears throat> is not my way equal, are not your ways unequal? And when the, a righteous man uh, turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity and dieth in them, for his iniquity that he hath done shall he die. And again, when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness that he hath committed and doeth that which is lawful and right, he shall save his, his soul alive. Because he considereth and turneth away from all his transgressions that he hath committed, he shall surely live, he shall not die. Yet saith the house of Israel, the way of the Lord is not equal. O house of Israel, are not my ways equal? Are not your ways unequal? Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, saith the Lord God. Repent and turn yourselves from all your transgressions, so iniquity shall not be your ruin. Cast away from you all your transgressions, whereby ye have transgressed, and make you a new heart and a new spirit. For why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth, saith the Lord God. Wherefore, turn yourselves and live ye. 
Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless tonight. Holy Spirit of God, I ask you to guide my mind, my thoughts. Uh, we're a little later tonight. Lord, I pray that you just guide me, help me to say what I need to say quickly and, and Lord, concisely and clearly. Lord, uh, the mind has been a little weary today and the body a little bit weary today. But Lord, I ask you, please, just strengthen me now. Spirit of God, I yield myself today. I need your presence. I need your power every moment in every way. So Lord, please guide me right now. Father, I ask you to wrap your arms around us and it's a mighty hedge of protection. Please turn back the evil that would try to hinder what's going on here tonight. God, we, we know that we have all power because you have all power and you're with us always. So Lord, please guide us. Please strengthen us. I yield to thee in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, just a few thoughts in this, this passage and go through them relatively quickly. But I believe the, the first portion of this passage, I believe we get this, this simple principle here, is you cannot blame someone else for your sin. You know, you just can't, you can't look uh, around and say, okay, it's not my fault, it's someone else's fault. I think primarily that's what God's saying. He's saying, you know, you, the, the, the son's not punished for the father and the father's not punished for the son. But if we, if we kind of twist that around a little bit and say, okay, son, you can't blame your father uh, for where you are for the decisions you made. So uh, number two, we, regardless of your circumstance, you and you alone will stand in judgment for how you live your life. Uh, you know, we had this little thing up here. I mean, you know, salvation is one thing, but, but uh, you know, we are going to be judged on how we live as a Christian. Uh, and so uh, they're up here. And he says, uh, verse 29, Yet saith the house of Israel, the way of the Lord is not equal. O house of Israel, are not my ways equal and not your ways unequal? This is amazing to me, but God just, he just shooting us all right between the eyes. And it started all the way back then. It hadn't changed a lick. We look you know, at the, the things, the commands, the judgments of God, and we somehow think that's not fair. It's not fair, uh, and I, I don't agree with God, and I don't like uh, the, what the decisions God's making, and God's saying, look, uh, you know, I'm the one that's equal. You're the one that's not thinking right. You're the one that's unequal. Uh, ultimately, uh, this first portion of the passage, this is saying that God is not, I mean, this little verse here we're seeing is saying is God is not fair. And why? Simply, you know, we're, we say God is not fair simply because God judges the one who is responsible for their sin. That's all it is. I mean, uh, we, we don't like it when God brings judgment upon us for our sin. We think it's not fair. You know, God, God ought to have more grace. Well, God, I guarantee you, he's already had a lot of grace. If he's ever bringing any kind of punishment at all into your life, any kind of chastisement at all into your life, he's already shown a whole lot of grace. And God says, you know, you, you think that I'm being unfair when I do this, that I say it's not the father that's, that, uh, father's sin that, that's going to bring judgment on the son, and it's not the son's sin that's going to bring judgment on the father. It's the son's decision going to bring judgment on the son. It's the father's decision going to bring judgment on the father's. He said, but if you go and those, make those decisions, there will be judgment. And we said, oh, that's not fair. That's not fair. But now, here's what we've got to learn. We must learn this truth and teach it to our children that the ways of the Lord, very simple, the ways of the Lord are always right. Amen? The ways of the Lord are always right. So no matter what, uh, how it seems to us, if God said it, God decided it, God has directed it, it's fair. Uh, because God is always right. Number two, we must learn to teach ourselves and our children that there's no one to blame but ourselves for the bad decisions that we make. There's nobody else to blame 
for the bad decisions that we make. Uh, you know, I, uh, initially when I was first writing it, I was thinking, okay, in the generation, I'm bad about this, in the generation that we're in, but the truth is, it was happening right here. Uh, it was happening right here all the way back at this point in time, and this never changed. Uh, the fact is, we always want to say it, it's somebody else's fault. Uh, you know, the devil made me do it. You know, uh, it, no, uh, it, it's not anybody else's fault. Our, we are a product of our decisions. You know, years and years ago, I had uh, somebody look at me and say, how come your life is going so good for you and it hadn't gone good for us? And I looked at him and I, and I said, uh, we are a product of our decisions. I mean, look, first of all, it hadn't all gone good for me. That's what I had to tell them. You know, look, it hadn't all gone good for me. But the truth is, that's all it is. We are a product of our decisions. And this passage is so clear because God does not judge the son for the sin of the father and does not judge the father for the sins of the son. Every man is accountable for his own decisions and his own actions and his own sins. Every man is. Now, here, get this statement. If you don't get anything else, we must understand and teach our children, to face responsibilities for their actions. Okay, it's absolutely vital because, again, uh, that's what's hurting our families today. That's what's hurting our, our children today is that they don't understand that they have to pay they have to pay for what they do. They, they, they have to take responsibility for what they do. Pa- buying them out of their situation is not helping them. They need, to, they need to learn what it means to, to, to pay for that. I, uh, and I'm sure I've told this story before, but, but when I was 18, 19 years old, I wanted to go out on a date, and, uh, and I had an old Plymouth Fury 1 with a slant 6 engine in it. Anybody old enough to understand what those are? Uh, Plymouth Fury, it was, it's a tank. It's a tank that, that uh, with a slant 6, it'll go 0 to 60 in about 15 minutes. And so <laughs> it just... Uh, and, you know, it had no air conditioning, it had no anything. And, and, and uh, so I went to my aunt who had a brand new green Monte Carlo, 1972 Monte Carlo. And anybody here know what a Monte Carlo is? Uh, a few of it. Well, they were beautiful back then. It was just absolutely beautiful car. And it had everything, it had the air conditioning, it had everything. So I went and, and I borrowed that and I went out. And, uh, and it was the summertime. It was the end of the summer. I'm about to go to, to college uh, now. I haven't, you know, for my first time, you know, to go to college. And so all summer long, I've been working about 60, 65, 70 hours a week. I've been working some old factory, and I've been making $3.35 an hour. And, and, and I'd saved up $1,800 to go to school, man. I had, I was big. Every Friday, we would go uh, on Friday. Me and my brother and my cousin all worked the same place. We wouldn't spend any any money except to put gas in the car and on Friday the only day we would actually go buy lunch we would go get a big old uh, double cheeseburger at a little place in Cairoville and and uh, french fries and a big milkshake and that was it every bit of the rest of it went in the account all summer long I took that car out that night came back about 1230 I've been working 60 70 hours a week I came driving back about a half a mile from my house, I fell asleep for a moment because I woke up looking at a telephone pole. And as soon as I woke up doing about 70 miles an hour, I jerked that wheel and I scraped and just scraped along that telephone pole. And then for about the next 100 yards, I just shaved a ditch. There was a bank there. And I went into that bank and I just shaved it down. I had my window down and I was buried inside, all the dirt coming in there. 
And here's how stupid I was when I sat there and kind of figured out what had happened. Then I thought, I didn't think, you know, oh, thank the Lord I'm okay. First thing I thought was, maybe the car's okay. <laughs> and I, and it, it was still running, still in gear, so I just tromped the gas because I'm going to come out of that ditch. And it, all it did was hop. Uh, because I'd ripped both of the wheels off of that side. I mean, not just the, the tires, the hubs, everything. I just ripped them off. And um, so I had to go walk to a relative's house, which was not very far because everybody out there was a relative. And so, so I had to go walk to one of my relatives' house, and I, I went and called my dad now about 1 o'clock in the morning, and he came down in, on his tractor, and I can still see those tractor lights coming down those old country road, and nobody else was out there, so I knew it was him, and I'm just thinking, he's going to kill me, I'm going to die, this is incredible, and he comes down and never says a word, hooks it up, drags it back to the house, never said one word to me, but I think he talked to my aunt. Because my aunt came to me a couple days later, she said, handed me the estimate on that car and said, I think it would not be wise to put this on my insurance. And I said, I, I think it would be real wise. And she said, I don't think I can put it on my insurance. Do you know that it took every dime that I'd saved an entire summer? That was one of the best things my dad ever did to me. He didn't pay me out of it. I'm listening to you. Listen right now. I, I, I will, if I get the least bit sleepy right now, I'm pulling over. I mean, unless I'm in Memphis, I'm pulling over. <laughs> I'm pulling over and going to sleep. And so, uh, uh, you know, it's just good. But we must understand and teach our children to face responsibility for actions. So long as they can blame others and escape punishment, they will continue to reject responsibility. And this is so, so very, very important. Now, I'm going to jump down because it's late tonight. I'm going to jump down the second point in this, and it's kind of more uh, vital point here out of this passage. It's vital that each of us, and here's the second point I get out of the latter part of this, this passage. It's vital that each of us end our life living for God. It's absolutely vital that we end our life living for God. And this passage is very clear that we do not stack up points in the early years to cover our sin and failure and compromise of the later years. It's not like God says, okay, you did so much back here in these early years, you can just coast now. You did so much back in these early years, you can kind of do whatever you want to now. It's real clear. God says, you know what? Guess what? You could serve me. You could live for me. You could do everything for me. But you turn your back on me here in these later years. You leave me in these later years. He said, all of that just got washed out. We're talking about now. We're going we're to deal with right here and right now. God looks at what you are, not what you were, though. 
Now, that, that's a, a really good thing. The, you see, this is kind of a, a tough passage. It, it's very clear, but we, you know, we, we can't live our good life and then, and then decide, I'm turning my back on God. I give up. I quit. I, I'm just, I'm just going to go uh, live out the party the rest of my life. Uh, we, we do that. We're accountable for right now. But here's what's wonderful about that. It's wonderful for guys like me and, and different ones that come. You, you may have been walking a, a life away from God, but you know, if you'll come to God here at these latter years and live your life for God, he said, we don't even look at that. We're looking at it right here. And that's incredible. That ought to be exciting. Uh, now, uh, it says in verse 24, but when the righteous turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity and doeth according to all the abominations that a wicked man doeth, he shall live. And his righteousness that he hath done shall not be mentioned. And... and and shall, I'm sorry, uh, shall he live? I got it all wrong. I told you, I'm really tired tonight, and I'm not sure why I've been this way all day, kind of foggy brain, but, uh, but the abomination that the wicked man doeth, shall he live? And his, all his righteousness that he had done shall not be mentioned in his trespass, that he had trespassed, and in his sin, that he has sinned, in them shall he die. Yet you say the Lord is not equal. Say, Lord, that just doesn't seem fair that he could live all these years righteously and then turn his back on him and, and you're, he's going to receive this punishment. But I'm, I'm sorry. That's just the way God said it. Amen. That, see, this is where God says, well, you're not fair. You're not equal. And God says, wait a minute. You're the one not thinking right. I'm equal. You're unequal. Are we okay tonight or is it just me this way? Now, we need to stand with Paul. And I think this is... What motivates me out of this message is I need to stand with Paul and say in 2 Timothy 4, 6, and 7, for I, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. That's what God's really, I believe, out of this passage, the challenge is. The chapter reveals a great lesson, a great teaching for those that come after us. You see, I believe if we teach our children uh, the, the ways of the Lord, that's wonderful. But we also need to teach our children by our life that we're going to continue the ways of the Lord. And, and uh, the greatest life lesson that I can leave for my children and for all those that are in this church, the greatest life lesson is to be still serving God in my last breath. You see, it, it, it's a shame that some live their life for God and then get to the latter years and turn away. And you say, well, who would do that? I'm not going to name names, but the fact is, is there's a lot of people that do. And it's heartbreaking. I've, I've met and even counseled and worked with pastors that do that very thing. They just give up. They just quit. And I don't mean they, they just quit preaching. I mean, they really just... When they walk out the door of the church, they got nothing to do with God. I got a guy that's a dear friend of mine, and he just one day walked out of his church and, and took off and, and just decided to go to the beach and live, and that's just where he is. You know, not only does God say all of that back here, is not going to count nearly as much as what you're doing here. But us and our testimony and, and, and those that come after us, and I, I'm going to give up on my notes. My mind is so, and I just have to apologize. It's been so foggy today, but I, I really don't know why. 
but uh, but the fact is is that I, this is the the only example I can give, and I will give this and, and pretty much be done tonight. But the the fact is that God says if we will come to a point in the end of our life, well, just like um, David. You know, if you think of David's life, David had a, a spot in his life that he really messed up really bad. Adultery and murder and horrible life. But truly, if you think of one phrase that goes with David, it's a man after God's own heart. Because after that point, he got his heart right with God. And he, he brought himself. You think of um, Benedict Arnold. And if you ever, you know, of course, the kids don't study even about our history anymore. But at Benedict Arnold, you know, you think he's a traitor. That's immediately nobody's going to name their kid after him. Uh, you know, so we think immediately he's a traitor. But if you go read the history of Benedict Arnold, he was <clears throat> he was a very courageous uh, general for the Revolutionary Army. Just somewhere along the way, something flipped on him and, and he became a traitor. And but you only remember him as a traitor. So for our children, for our lives, for the people that we influence, and not just our family, but everybody we influence, it is essential that I keep going. It's essential that I don't give up. It's, it's vital not, okay, for me, it's vital because, you know, God's going to look down at not, at not what I was doing. He's going to look at what I am doing, and he's making a determination about my judgment here in this life. I believe it's primarily talking about, he's talking about the judgment in this life right here and right now. And if I turn my back on him, God says, you know what, you, you turn your back on me, and you'll die in those sins. And, and I believe that it, it even affects our eternity, but I don't mean it. You know whether you go to heaven or not, but but the fact of your judgment, the judgment seat of Christ, and so, but He looks at us right here, and He says it's important not what you were doing, it's what you are doing, and so when we get the older we get, more weary we get, and more tired we get, it's essential that we keep going, that we keep serving God. I believe with all my heart, and this is all, and I got this here. I'm not really ready to hit anybody. But uh, this is the closest I could get to a baton. You know, if you run a race, and, and, I, and I did one relay race in my whole life. If you get my little book called Just One More Lap, you'll see why I only did one. But I did one in my whole life. Marco, do you know what a relay race is? You don't. You're fixing to learn. Come here, Marco. Amen. Okay, Marco. A relay race is uh, the fact that I'm going to run a distance, and there, you know it varies in what they are, but I'm going to run a distance. And when I finally get to, through my part, I, you know, I ran a two-mile relay run time, so uh, my half mile back then was called an 880. I don't know what they call them now, but it was an 880, so I had to run that 880. When I run that half mile, I'm handing off. I was the third leg, so I'm handing off to the fourth leg, and he is going to uh, put his hand back like this. Yes, he's going to, there you go. And when he comes up, I'm going to do this right here, and I'm going to pass it off to him. Okay? And you know, now he's got a race to run. Now, here's what's so vital 
is that as I'm running this race, Grant, come here. Demarcus, you're injured, but you can still come here. Okay, go over here and get in front of me. As I run this, turn and look at me, Grant. Uh, get on down there a little bit further. Okay, now I'm running this race, and I started it out uh, for, for God about 40 years ago, I think. Yep, I'm getting old. I think, actually, yeah, about 40 years ago, I started this race for God. And about 40 years ago, I was running, and when something came into my way, it might have it given me a shot, but, but I was going to give it one, too. So I came running, and man, I, you know, I'm going to blow on through him. I mean, it slowed me down a little bit, but I'm back to running again. And when I got about 40, I, I kind of got through it. Well, I'm not either one of those anymore. So, Colby, come here. This will be the only time in your life that this happened. Now, the truth is, as I run, y'all get back here. As I've run, I, there have been some times that I've taken a hit. Go ahead and hit me. Oh, good night. <laughs> Help us. But I've had taken a, a, a hit, and sometimes I've stumbled as I've run. And, and I've, I've had people, when I'm stumbling, even try to push me down. And sometimes I've gotten so weary, then when they hit me, hit me, stupid. <laughs> okay, I've fallen. But here's the one thing that, that's most important. Several things I got to do now. One, I got to get back up. Two, I got to keep moving forward. Three, I got to keep hold of the baton. This is the cause of Christ. This is the word of God. So I've been hit hard. I've stumbled, I've fallen, but somehow I've got to get to the point where I'm ready to take my last breath because I've got to hand this off. And when I finally get there, I may not be walking very fast, and I may not be accomplishing a lot, but I want everybody that ever looked to me, believed in me, called me daddy or granddaddy to know that I handed it off. I didn't quit. I handed it off. And they got to keep running now, though. He's got to keep running. Thanks, fellas. The, uh, 
possibly the greatest gift that I can give to my children, my grandchildren, to fellow Christians is to stay faithful through the trials to the end of my life. We have a lot of our, even our younger men that are serving God that are starting to weaken right now. And part of the reason is because they somehow in their, in their minds, they, well, honestly, they are comparing themselves with everybody else. And they're trying to outrun everybody else. And if somehow they, in their runningest race and trying to run so fast, they forgot that it's not about them winning the race against somebody else. It's about them finishing the race themselves. And along the way, they've taken these hits and their discouragement. And what they're doing is they're, they're just giving up. They're quitting. But I just, I'm, I'm just going to beg you, wherever you are in your life, God said a faithful man shall abound with blessing. He didn't say a productive. Because a productive is relative term. Who's really productive in the sight of God? It's only man that determines who's productive and who's not. Well, that doesn't matter to me what man thinks. There's only one thing that I can do that I know will please God. And that's hand off the baton to the next generation as I take my last breath. And that's, I believe, is the challenge that I see and I believe what God was trying to tell me as I listened to this passage in the scripture. Paul said in Acts 20, 22 through 24, and now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying the bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Paul said, if I could just finish still preaching, still believing, still teaching that which was handed to me. I can't do a lot of things, but I can finish. Folks, we can't do everything everybody else does, but we can finish. We can finish. I didn't plan to say this, and he probably would be upset that I would, but I thank God that one day I walked in, in this building and Brother Bob said to me, he said, I feel like this is my last chance to see God do something in this church. You know, I praise God for a man that just says, I'm going to finish. 
We're going to fight this thing to the finish. John 4, 34 said, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and, listen, and to finish his work. No matter if I stumble, if I have a collision, if I grow weary, if I grow faint, if I fall, I've got to hold on to the baton or the race is over. I've got to get up or the race is over. I've got to continue to move forward or the race is over. And I don't know what that means to you all tonight. I'll be honest with you. I believe the Lord has let me be weak today because he knew what I was going to preach today. Because I think maybe he wanted to preach it from weakness, not from strength. You say, why is that? Because a lot of people can stand back here and say, I'm going to finish when you're strong. It's when you're weak that you still are saying, I'm going to finish. And it's through God's strength anyway. Father, I thank you for your love and your